Welcome back to Tilbert's Internal, the official Grand Prix College Football Podcast. Joining you post-championship week is Tyler and Bennett. Ben, what's going on, man? Um, not much, dude. Just, you know, we're coming to an end, which is really sad because the long wait until next season is just – college football is a long wait. Long, long wait. Long wait and no off season, so we're just bombarded with – for people that keep up with it, recruiting news, coaching news, transfer news, all this stuff. But I've I've found it really hard to keep up with transfer news because there's just so much going on. This is an absolutely wild year in the portal, but we'll get to that later. I think we're a little bit of the format today. We're going to start talking about the playoff conference championships and just give our thoughts on the elephant in the room situation, the literal elephant in the room. Um, and then we'll talk a little bit Army Navy since that is the last regular season game of the year. And then we will get into coaching carousel, transfer portal, all that good stuff that everybody, all the sickos, want to hear about. So yeah, I think um, are, we, are we still gonna are we still gonna talk about some bowl sponsors? Because some of these I have I have no idea about. Yeah, the bowl sponsor name changes have made things infinitely more confusing. So we can definitely well, talk about some of these. I, I just need to talk about some of these as well, just to figure out what they are. Yeah. Oh, like what the, what the actual sponsors are? Yeah, like uh, I have no idea what um. Radiance Technologies is. Yeah, nor nor do I. Some of these bowls could be sun funded for all we know. Oh man, what was the one last year? Wasabi, and it's yeah, the the Wasabi company. company. Yeah, cloud security or cloud storage or something like that. Yeah, so I mean a lot. Yeah, I mean something fun that it's not going to be really that, that football related, but something we can do. No, we'll definitely get into that once we uh, once we wrap up with transfers and everything like that. But I feel like we just have to start off with the playoffs. Hang on, one second. Under list. Under list. Yeah. It's on my. Um, it's on the back of my wall. On my on my cork board. No, you're good. Worker coming in with this meeting and everything. Um, but yeah, dude, just kind of have to talk about the playoff. Or, sorry, do you want to count it back down? Uh, you can just go. But yeah, we, we've got to talk about the playoff here because following a pretty chalk um, conference championship week, except for the one game that evidently mattered, uh, we your top four are Michigan, Washington, Texas, and Alabama. And Florida State ranked fifth, undefeated, finishing the season off. I, I don't know about you, man. I understand the arguments for Bama having a better win and them being the same team and everything. And I even understand to a point the concerns with Florida State after Jordan Travis being injured. That being said, Florida State still won all their games as a Power 5 team. And... They won three. They went three and zero after Travis got injured. Like it's not like the Florida fell apart. Yeah, you know, I mean, you you constantly see the argument. I mean, we're not going to talk too much about the games from Saturday. Um, but like, Michigan didn't score an offensive touchdown against Iowa. Like, this Florida State defense was really really good. And uh, oh, it's I mean, it's a, like it is one of the best defenses in college football. Yeah, and I mean, who's to say? That if you gave Tate Rotomaker a month, 
which is essentially what he would have had to prepare, that he wouldn't have been able to get this offense at least a little bit humming. I mean, like they've got weapons all over the place on the outside and in the backfield and on the line. So yes, like I don't yeah, think got, either. I don't think either of us are denying that quarterback is the most important position on the field. Like by it is, but when you're a team like Florida State that has a ton of really good players in other positions, like. Yeah, you have to I mean, you have to be able to give a little bit of leeway here. My boy, uh, my boy Keon didn't have a drop this year. No, and the defense. I mean, we talked about the defense already, but I, I think something that we've talked a lot of little about a little bit, but kind of gets overlooked is just how experienced this unit is. Yeah, like they, it's this is an old team, college football standards. It's it's one of those things. It's like I mean, are you are you really? And the, the committee kind of took an easy way out. It's the last year, and they just know whatever. Yeah. No one's going to remember. It's but not going to set precedent. If you go undefeated, you deserve to be in. I mean, I, I saw it with uh, 2015 Michigan State. Yeah, we were undefeated. We went in. Yeah, 38 nothing lost to Alabama. Who's to say that might not have happened with Florida State and Michigan? But Michigan's not beating Florida State 38 nothing. No, not at all. And – yeah, Florida State obviously goes into the game against Georgia as a double-digit underdog. Like, I think it's like almost 20 points or something like that. But that being said, like, yeah. everybody and their mother was like, oh, there's no way Oregon is going to beat Washington. Or there's no way Washington's going to beat Oregon. Or there's no way Alabama was going to beat Georgia. Like, I don't know, man. It doesn't make sense to me because the logic is so circular especially on the committee's part, because if they really think that missing Jordan Travis is that big of a damper, why didn't they move Florida State down further? Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. And I've seen a lot of people say that the, you know, the committee was within the criteria that they set, that they have established themselves in our public. And while that is true, the criteria is so vague and so all-encompassing that you can pick and choose which sections of the criteria you want to use or discard when making your argument. You can literally make any argument for a team that meets one of the criteria. And yeah, they really they really just took the cop out last year. Yeah, time. they did. They, I mean, obviously, you don't want to be conspiracy theorists, but in a process that is very, very strongly tied in with like ESPN and who's a media partner of the SEC, like you can't help but be a little suspicious that for like all of the wagons started to close around Alabama, like in the hours leading up to the playoff selection. Like, I don't know, man. I just have a hard time believing that this it, it defies it defies belief that this was all on the. Yeah, um, I guess one thing, if Georgia did win, do you think they still would have just put Texas in over Florida State? Maybe. I, I, I mean, they, they technically already did, so I, I don't see any reason they wouldn't have. I think the only argument, if you, again, if you're, if you're big on the SEC thing, is that with that, they would already have an SEC team in, so they wouldn't necessarily have to push one to, to get an SEC team in. So, I know you're obviously down in SEC country. You're not a, necessarily an SEC fan, but you, you know your your secondary is Georgia. I think that's fair to say, right? Um, sure. Yeah. I mean, for all intents and purposes. 
Yeah. I mean, that's just what I'm around the most, I guess. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. If, for me, and not being down there, and obviously not rooting for for a team in that conference, like, you see with all the coverage and everything like that, how easy it is to jump to that conclusion. And I don't know, man. This It just... It stinks like that. That's it does not pass a smell test to me. Yeah, this was um probably the biggest snub I've seen. And luckily, we're moving away from the four team playoff, so we don't have to worry about it nearly as much. But this this yeah. was by far the biggest the biggest snub. Like you've had situations like Cincinnati in the past, or you know UCF and everything like that, where. You could make the argument pretty fairly that as a G5 team that hasn't literally hasn't even played anybody, that they didn't necessarily deserve to be there because they're not one of the four best teams or whatever. And you know what? I don't agree with that because I think if you win all your games, you should be able to compete for a play for the title. But that argument at least held a little bit of weight there with the status of those programs. Florida State is a blue blood. Like they are a power five team that is that played a power five schedule. So it's different from the UCF and Cincinnati situations because while both of those teams did go undefeated, like just being realistic, they played a G five schedule. Like Cincinnati made the playoff the second time they went undefeated because they actually had a top 10 win. So, you know, they had that justification for at least getting up there. But Florida state, like they play a power five schedule. They just beat a top 15 team held one of the most prolific offenses in the country to zero point or uh, yeah, zero points on offense. Like, I don't know, man, this, it just doesn't make sense to me, but unless you just, and I mean, you just look at what their defense was able to do. I know it was the first game of the year, but they held probably the best offense in the nation to, I think it was 17 points with LSU. Yeah. And like, just not fair. And I hate to say it like that, but it's just, the way it is and like life ain't fair completely get that but the whole point of sports being in a sports organization is that you should have the opportunity to win your games and compete for a national title like yeah i mean you saw um you saw what mike norvell and what the ad had to say about it so oh yeah they were living i would be too I'd be pissed did you see um apparently Boo Corrigan has a relative that works that's a vice president at ESPN or some stuff like that. I did not. Yeah, that I don't know. Surprise me. It might have it might have been chopped or something like that. But if that's true, that would be certainly a decision. Um, just putting it even more out there in the open. It just feels like naked corruption at this point. Like I don't know. I always I'm never a big fan of being like super conspiratorial about this stuff because usually it ends up sorting itself out and like. Bama's probably going to win a game and prove that they belong, but like Florida State belonged too. That's my that's my gripe. Yeah, it's not that it's not that Bama didn't belong. Uh, it's, it's like you said. I mean, they're coming out as double digit fa- or double digit dogs against Georgia in the Orange Bowl. It's right. just it's they. I mean, they they went undefeated. They deserve their shot. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, yeah, they might get their ass kicked, but they should have the opportunity at least to compete for one. And, you know, I might be a little bit biased because obviously Notre Dame has had similar situations, but those Notre Dame teams, like, 
they had a loss that you could at least say like, yeah, they lost against a big opponent. Why should they get a shot? Yeah. You know, the, um, the only snub I can think of that was pretty bad was the 2014 TCU. Mm-hmm. Because they I didn't think, have a title game. Yeah. They didn't have a title game. And I think they went into the, um, the end of the year. I think they went in ranked third and then they came out ranked sixth. Yeah. And then, yeah, that was the year they, they played in the Peach Bowl, and I think they blanked um, Ole Miss 45 nothing. Yeah, I mean, it, it's obvious to anybody that is even paying attention to where the favoritism lies when it comes to this stuff. And granted, like, the SEC has proven that they typically have the best team in the country. Like, they've won, what, eight of the 11? Nine, seven of the 11? Yeah, and it's not just – that it's just uh, i mean if you add in the southeast you add in florida state and you add in um clemson i mean really the only team that has won one outside of the southeast has been ohio state yeah not just i mean the only teams that have won games have been freaking ohio state and tcu like yeah that's true um like oregon oh that's right oregon did win win one of the games too yeah so like you have three teams not in the SEC that have won a game, or not in the Southeast that have won a game. And, like, I don't know, dude. It's tough because at a certain point you just kind of have to move on because we are moving to a 12-team playoff, but it's just such fucking bullshit. Uh, we should be somewhere over there. I'll look at the Um, But, yeah, man, like, the, the question then becomes, like, who do you think, who would you put over? Who, who, who I don't would know. you put them over? Because Texas, I guess. But, see, but then, like, well, see, that's it would have been it would have had to have been Alabama with the head to head between Alabama and Texas. Yeah, I mean, I think this year more than anything just proves that it was a shitty system to start out with. You know, four this teams. Was, this was the first time we really had a problem. Four teams, like a, never a big problem. Yeah. Well, the very first year was pretty controversial too, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, that was the uh, that was the TCU. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so that was the only other one. I think every other year it's kind of been – it's worked itself out. Yeah, which they've been very fortunate that it has. Yeah. I, I mean – um, It's insane it has worked out. Yeah, the, I mean, it's – the BCS had their own problems. Um, yeah, and I'm not advocating for going back to the BCS because I think the BCS was garbage too. So what, what were the big ones with the BCS? Um, Utah didn't get in. And Auburn didn't get in that one year. Yeah, that Bama LSU rematch was pretty bad. Who who would have been in that year? I can't I think can't. back because that was 2011. Yeah, let me look. Um, let's see. That was 2011, right? No, that was 2000. God, I'm 12. Yeah, 2011 was the 20, 2011 season. Yeah. Let's see. BCS. 2011. Uh, Great podcasting going on here. I know. Sorry, guys. Um, Oklahoma State was really high that year. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, just tough to justify that system because a lot of it was computer-based. I mean, like, the computer models would have had Bama getting in over Texas this year. So, like, I don't know, man. Like, I think the Going to the 12 team is a good is an improvement. I just feel like they should have like it shouldn't have been 14 to begin with because you had five power conferences. Yeah, 
Like, that's the thing. If you want, if you want to make sure you're getting everybody, then you have to give someone who's A, not a conference winner a shot, or a Power 5 conference winner a shot, whether that be like an undefeated Notre Dame or an undefeated G5 school. And then you have to account for the fact that there could be five undefeated Power 5 champions. Yeah. It's not that this ever happened, but like, you have to at least plan for that possibility. You can't just kind of shotgun it and be like, well, hopefully this doesn't actually come back to bite us in the ass. Yeah. Um, sorry, now I'm... The, uh, the big BCS snub was the 2004 Auburn team. They went 13-0 and and didn't get in. Yeah. And then, we um, got in one. That was Oklahoma and USC, if I remember right. Wow. When USC just destroyed Oklahoma. Yep. Yeah. And that uh yeah, that Auburn team went undefeated. Didn't get in. That was Jason Campbell, um, Cadillac Williams, Ronnie Brown, all them. What a team. Go Chatty. Yeah. Dude, good for him. Yeah. But RIP the stupid city system. Glad it's going. Um I'm looking forward to the 12 team playoff, but like, how are you going to tell like the seniors at Florida State or the guys that are going to be going to the draft because like it's in their best interest? Like, hey, tough shit. Sorry, it's going to be better next year. Yeah, no, it's it's absolutely a uh, a brutal scene for that team, especially because that is, I mean, we've talked about it several times. Such an upperclassman team, lots of juniors, lots of seniors. Like, it's just just sucks. There are 21 other guys on that team that you're just saying, hey, it does not matter how good you guys are. Your quarterback might not be good. Well, yeah, and that's what um, Norvell kind of said in his statement was, I mean, he's like, well, are you just supposed to not play on if somebody gets hurt? Like, this is football. Like, it happens. So his his letter was very um, rude, but it, it had every right to be. Yeah. That was the most righteous and justified anger I've seen from a college football coach in a while. Yeah. And then, like, you're telling Jordan Travis, like, you're basically telling him it is his fault that his teammates are not going to the playoffs. Like, you saw his tweet about, I wish I broke my leg earlier. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you that you your actions drive a kid to say that? Yeah, I don't know. It's a really shitty situation. It but, is. I mean... We're talking about it just because we haven't yet, but I'm sure everyone's heard enough of this throughout the week. Yeah, we gotta, gotta move on here. So uh, let's talk Army Navy, man. Yeah, I mean, well, there's not much, not much to talk about. I mean, I, I it's a um, little bit of a Georgia Southern uh, Kennesaw State connection for me. I will say. Yeah. Yeah. Monkin no. and then. Um, the uh, Brian Newberry came up from Kennesaw State, and Georgia Southern and Kennesaw State actually just scheduled a home and home for 2032. Hell so, yeah, looking, looking forward to it. Yeah, it'll it'll be nice to have a uh, a game that close to home. Yeah, because I mean, you know, when you're that old, like you'll, you can't travel far. No, definitely not. I mean, it's 10 years from now. Oh man, yeah. I mean, neither of these teams are particularly good, but. They've had a couple scrappier games against some superior competition. Um, are either of these teams, neither of these teams are running the triple anymore, are they? Uh, they're running the triple in their own right. Yeah, just like their version of it. Yeah, the um, the Army version is super hilarious. It's like 
lining up in the uh, backfield with like four guys, like and, and shotgun. And there's like four guys in the backfield. It's like rugby, man. It's awesome. Yeah, it, it's fun to watch um, for sure. I've been long. I have long been a proponent of incorporating rugby concepts into into offensive play calling. The team that is going to be able to successfully do that at some point is going to just wreck shit until it gets figured out. Yeah. Like, the Eagles are kind of doing it right now with the tush push. Like, I don't know if you saw that Brett Coleman video a couple weeks ago. I know I posted it in uh, D1, but, like, I've been saying it for a while. Like, that play is not unstoppable if you watch a rugby game. No, definitely not. Like, you just have to, you have to do what the Eagles did and actually get some outside help and, you know, yeah. People that are not to leak into the NFL, people calling for that soft. Like it is the softest shit about. Yeah, that's that's. There's no reason that should be banned. It's just it's just smart. More. Than it's a literally a get good. It's a skill issue. Like that's literally what it is. Yeah. Exactly. So, but yeah, now this game, like I've got family that are in the Navy that were in the Navy and that were in the Marine Corps. So I always root Navy on this one. Uh, I don't know if you typically have a rooting interest or you're just the, the troops in general. Uh, it's more the Army side for me and my family. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, just Munkin too. I typically pull for Army. Yeah. That's fair. This is one of my favorite, like, college traditions. Yeah. It's, uh, we didn't even say this. Thing. This game's in um, Foxborough this year. Yeah, so they're doing something new this year in Venice, and you talked about it a little bit off off the record. Why don't you go ahead and uh, talk about it a little bit on so that they know why it's being played in Foxborough. Yeah, they're, they're in the middle of a, uh, a five-game or a five-year route. Um, they're just going to some new places. Um, Foxborough was obviously on the list as it was the, you know, the center of the American Revolution, Boston. They, they keep saying Boston, but it's in Foxborough. Yeah. Um, but Boston, yeah, Foxborough and then – They'll hit um, so they'll hit MetLife and a couple of those spots in the coming years. So it's just a different area. Which this game could play some different spots. Um, you think this is, is the series is the series going to end in twenty twenty six? Because that would be the hundred fiftieth anniversary of the declaration. I feel like it has to be. Uh, I could see that happening, but this is only the third time ever it's not been played in a uh, Atlantic area. So. Yeah, strange. I mean, just a little fun fact for you. It's strange. It's a really fun fact. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know, dude. There's always Notre Dame fans in one of the Notre Dame discords I'm in mean, that say that they should stop scheduling Navy. And I'm like, because they don't like the triple option. It's like, dude, just stop. Yeah. Just deal, deal with the triple option for a week. Who cares? Yeah, you can go play uh, Penn State. They're going to be running the triple. Hell yeah, they are. Yeah. But like, I don't know. And like I say, that like there's no value to that game. And you'll typically see a lot of the same people who are against like doing away with any of the traditions and stuff like that that'll say that kind of stuff. Like it doesn't bring any value. And it's like you can't have it both ways. Right. So like if you want some traditions to stay sorry about that, that's our air compressor. Yeah, good. Um yeah, if you are if you want to keep some of the tradition, then you have to be a part of that tradition, you know? Yeah, exactly. But I mean, you got any read? I, I, the only read I got is taking the under twenty-seven and a half. Oh, uh, the under, dude. The under seems like a lot, doesn't it? <clears throat> yeah, I, I don't remember the number, but the under in this game has hit like 
just 80 percent of the time or something like that iowa would be proud yeah <laughs> ryan friends for uh navy head coach oh man no i mean newberry just got there yeah yeah you gotta give him some time for sure yeah and they're not gonna move away from the triple they just don't get the the type of athletes and stuff that are able to hey people said the same about tech well they tech can get the different athletes i mean it's just um but yeah, yeah. it's um i mean with army navy i mean you're essentially in ivy league education i i mean i highly suggest if you have showtime go watch um the game of honor documentary they just can't get the same level of people that even georgia tech can i mean it's it's so hard to get in there you have to have a um recommendation from your yeah not a center it has to be like your local house representative at the least oh just congress person in general yeah but i mean like even then it's it's small it's like it's like less than ten thousand kids and i mean so you're only getting in 2500 a year and it's it's tough you're supposed to deserve when you get in like that's a huge commitment that you're asking of a high school kid that is good enough to play college football you know yeah exactly well i get it man it's it's tough sledding for both of these teams but yeah i don't really have a read on this one either like the under like you said is really the only one that i'd feel comfortable with just because of how these two teams play and the fact that neither of them are particularly explosive on offense yeah exactly but under lock it lock it i'm I'm there with you yeah i i um i don't know about the two and a half i don't really have a read it's gonna be one way or the other (laughs) a team is gonna win this game yeah um i promise you that what's the uh what's the streak at i know navy won it for a long time with uh I think Army's the coach, and then Army's been on a streak. So say I know they've won it at least two times in a row. It might it might have been three or four. Yeah. So I'll we'll lean see, Army, yeah. but um, I'm not touching the spread. It's gonna be no, it's gonna be too no, close. No, no, no. Yeah. yeah, not not remotely interested in touching the spread on this one. Just stick with the under. You'll be, you'll be fine. But uh, I mean, that's all we got there. I you want to hop into the carousel as it is rapidly circling. Yeah, it's uh, God just keeps spinning on and on and on. I'm... Yeah, I mean we're we're down to only two jobs that are open, so I mean it's it's yeah. thinning out finally. I, I mean until you know until another G five coach gets poached for one of those jobs or you know coordinator poaching and all that good stuff too. So I mean, got some room for a little more. There's there's no P five jobs open anymore. Yeah, so I I, I think we're finally thinning out. Which is nice because it was it was fascinating for quite a while. Yeah. So what's uh coordinator jobs? Uh, still a couple open there. I know. Did Manny D is the Duke job is still open though, right? No, that's uh we can do that one first. Manny Diaz has accepted the Duke job. That's official. Okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, man, like I feel like you got to give him a second chance. Like Miami is very obviously a shit show no matter what coach is there like i don't know yeah i mean he he had an over 500 record at miami when they were down he did and it wasn't good enough i mean it's kind of like what's been going on at texas where like okay has been not good enough yeah but you know when you're a team when you're a team that had as much recent success as miami has like i get it 
but like it, it just feels like similarly to Texas, people weren't patient enough to let a build happen. Yeah. Um, they did. I mean, he, he had some really bad losses at Miami. They lost to FIU at one point. Um, yeah, not nothing good. But then, I mean, they bring in Cristobal, and Cristobal loses to Middle Tennessee in the first year. At home. At home. Yeah, I mean, both those were at home. But, yeah. Gets, gets smoked at home. Speaking of, yeah. we're, we're not going to talk about it much, but uh, Derek Mason has been hired as the Middle Tennessee head coach. Hey, shout out. Shout out Mason, man. Yeah, coming out of retirement. Yeah, I don't know how good of a coach he is, quote, unquote, like a head coach, but seems like a great dude and seems like a dude kids want to play for, so. Yeah, and he knows that area with Vanderbilt, obviously, so yeah. it, it works out well. Shout yeah, it out seems Murphy, like that'll be a Murphy good one. Burrow. I think that'll be a good hire for him. Yeah, that'll work out well. I mean, mm-hmm. they're stepping into a new era. But Manny Diaz, all right, I'm ready for the Manny Diaz personal hate train to hit the ACC. Yeah. Um, yeah, so just some uh, – obviously, he's going to fucking hate Miami. He's going to want to beat the crap out of Miami. Oh, yeah. Big-time revenge game every year. Internal rivalry. Mac Brown fired him when he was at Texas. Ooh, well, Tobacco Road rivalry. An additional angle of the Tobacco Road rivalry. Yes, and then uh, do you remember who his offensive coordinator was when he was at Miami? His offensive coordinator. It was no, I... newcomer Rhett Lashley at SMU. So. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, and then on top of that, like, I mean, he's kind of I'm Florida State guy, and just I, I feel like the the Manny Diaz hate train is going to be rolling through the ACC these next couple of years. A lot of personal ties for a revenge tour. <laughs> yeah, I, I, honestly, and I, I mean, overall, I, I I'll give this a a B plus higher. Like, I think he's a great coach, and he deserves a second chance, and I think Duke's a good starting point for him. To yeah, and for Duke, like. It's about as good as you can expect, right? Yeah, you're getting a great defensive coordinator, similar to what Mike Elko was. I mean, kind of similar schemes. and uh, Right. It, it's kind of plug and play and just hope that they can keep some of this talent around. Yeah, Duke is kind of getting the pantry rated a little bit this portal season, which we'll get to here in a second. But, I mean, I, th- I think Diaz is going to be a really good hire for a program like that where – you know, bowling is seen as a positive in general, no matter which bowl it is. Kind of like Kentucky, you know, like you get a school that it's a basketball school. So any football success is the threshold for success is lower there just by default. Yeah. Yeah. We, we've talked about that plenty. We're all, we're all on the same page. It's just some of the, uh, the regular folk don't understand why Duke can't be good at both. Yeah. It's it. It's tough. It's not impossible, I would say, because they are in a relatively talented area. It's just, it is very hard to be anything more than, like, I don't know, mid at Duke. And it speaks speaks to the job Elko did there. Yeah, they just, I mean, they're going to -to back-to-back bowl games for the first time in who knows how long. Right. Like, forever. Yeah. Maybe a tough tough first year, though. They've got a tough schedule next year. They're not playing the bad teams again. They do. And they're going to be without some star players here, which – do you have any other uh, carousel news before we move into the portal? Because um, it, it do just, be portal season. Just some quick ones. Uh, UTEP hired Scotty Waldron from uh, Austin P. FCS mm-hmm. school. Uh, UL Monroe hired Brian Vincent, who was most recently the office coordinator at um, New Mexico, but he was the interim head coach at UAB whenever okay. – uh, 
Bill Clark had to step down. Yeah. Uh, Bronco Mendenhall is back. He's going to be. The oh, new, I did see that. Yeah, he's going to be the new New Mexico head coach, which great for him. Both they both they position for. Yeah, uh, Spencer Danielson was promoted at Boise, so they didn't have to go external. Who uh, am I just drawing a big old blank on who who Houston hired? Uh, Houston has hired. That's a big one. Let me get to that one in a second. I, let me fire okay. through these. Uh, small. Craig Bull is retiring at Wyoming. Um, yep. He great coach, obviously the uh, the architect of the North Dakota State dynasty. And uh, they're they're just promoting Jay Savell, who um, is just been on his staff forever. But then uh, a couple big ones, I guess. Uh, James Madison hired Bob Chesney from Holy Cross. Yep. Young, I think he's thirty eight years old, but right. seems like yeah. he's made it work at every level so far. So good for right. him for getting a, a nod. Hundred And Houston has hired Willie Fritz. He has returned. Love yes. It. Yeah. So he's back in the Houston area. Um, this was another one where the reporters were kind of breaking it before he could, which isn't just shitty news. But Dude, it's such a problem in sports journalism. Everybody racing to get the first scoop. Like, I understand yeah. that that's how they get paid, but it's like, especially like with the recruiting stuff, like, y'all got to chill on breaking some of this news. Yeah. But. I mean, overall, I feel like a great hire. He, I mean, he was at Sam Houston State at one point um, yeah. before he went to Georgia Southern, so he knows that area well. It'll, I think, it'll be a great hire overall. Yeah, I'm in agreement there. I feel like that's a good place for him. Um, Houston going, moving into they're in they're in the Big Twelve now, right? I'm not just drawing a yes, yeah, yeah, right part there. Yeah, I, I think that'll be a good hire for him. Um, being back in the Power Three, I guess you want to call it Power Three, Power Four. I don't know. How many actual power conferences do we have at this point? Four. It feels like two. <laughs> it feels like two, but it's four. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I got I got no no issues with that hire there from their perspective. <clears throat> no, it'll be a good good place for him to uh, round out his career. I mean, we've talked about it. He's already sixty three years old, so yeah. He got one for big sure. payday before it ends. I think I think I saw the contract was uh five years, like twenty three million, so about four and a half a year. Yeah, definitely uh, a, a pay bump from what he was getting at Tulane. But, I mean, really the only two jobs open still are Tulane and Nevada. Yeah. <clears throat> Wondering who some of the big-name jobs for that would be because, I don't know. It, it feels like Reese is staying at Alabama, which, like, I think a lot of people were pegging him for some of the lower-end Power 5 jobs. But seems like he's good just being back at Bama for another year. Yeah, I don't. I don't blame him. Maybe he's just waiting on something bigger. I thought he would have been a great fit at um, at Duke. It's, you know, yeah, private, kind of Catholic, small. Like it, it, it made a lot of sense. Yeah, culture wise, would have been a great fit for him. Yeah, I don't blame. Don't blame him for getting a guy with head coaching experience. So Indiana, I know that was one that he was uh, linked to when their job came open. Which obviously you got the local tie there, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I am curious. Obviously, biased as a Notre Dame fan here, and I try to limit the exposure to Notre Dame for people who listen and don't care. But I don't know. I feel like he's going to be a name next year if there's a big job that opens up. Yeah. Um, just one thing on the uh, the recruiting trail. I know we're about to get into transfers. Yeah. Um, 
Fran Brown and uh, Robinson. Uh, obviously, he hired uh, Robinson from AM to be his DC. Mm-hmm. They are crushing. They have 10 offers out to four stars or higher or in the last week. And KJ Bolden is taking an official visit to Syracuse. Damn. Yeah, dude. That's like, huge. That, that is, uh, like, that's crazy that, that he's even crazy. going up there. So, obviously, Syracuse is uh, trending up and up. And, I mean, like, that Fran Brown hire is just seeming like a great one right off the See, bat. See, and I, I think the thing is, and I think people just really don't realize what NIL can do for some of these, like, smaller and lower-tier programs. Like, there's always going to be a limit on the ceiling because everybody has access to that kind of stuff. But if you get alumni who are rich and really, really give a shit about your sport, like, you can you can pull in some great talent. And if you have a good coach on staff, you can do really good things. And it can it, it, it's going to increase parity. Like, I do not want to hear the arguments against that anymore. Like they just they they hold no water to me. Like just look at look at the play, look at the top twenty five this year and how like close a lot of these teams were. Look at how improved some of the other teams were that are usually very bad. Like this is NIL and portal related. Like these are good things for the sport. Yeah, I've I've loved some of his interviews too. He's like, "What made you leave Georgia?" He's like, "You see how much money this man's paying me? I'm from Camden, New Jersey. Like I am not going back." <laughs> But he, he has said as well, he's like, you see my daughter up here? Like she's, she's two years old. Y'all got me for 10, 11 years, and then I'm walking away to take care of her. Like, so I, I, I've loved that hire so far. And yeah. I think it's going to be great for Syracuse, who honestly is like, they're such a niche school. They're the only school in New York. Like, they, it's just hard to get people to, uh, you know, Western, upstate, whatever you want to call it, New York. The University of Buffalo resents that. Yeah, but like, I mean, they're the <laughs> MAC, dude. The MAC yeah. is the worst G five conference by far. Oh, they're bad. Yeah, they have all the negatives of being in a G five and none of the positives of being in a talent rich area. It's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, the, in the the New York uh, high school level of talent is just not great. Oh no, it's not there at all. Yeah, you got to get down to well, at least Philly, at least. Right. <laughs> yeah. Jersey. I mean, you could get get Jersey too, which I mean, still would be like into the Philly. Area, so yeah, yeah, it's like South Jersey, like there's yeah. good kids there, but like upstate, like up, up, upper New Jersey, like near the city, there ain't shit. Yeah, basketball everywhere up there. Yeah, basketball all over the place, but that's just a different story. Yep. So, all right, well, with all that being said, I think we need to just dig into the portal and see what's uh directly going to be impacting some teams here. So, we're Over 1200 we kids in the portal right now. <laughs> Surely all of those kids are going to land right where they want to, right? Uh, have to be. I mean, like we said, it's great for the sport, but it's just it's it's a lot to handle. It is a lot to handle. I mean, and it, the unfortunate reality is some of these kids are not going to find a spot, and that it stinks. But that's like part of the risk of it. Like it's no different than someone going to get a new job and like you know quitting their job and then it not working out, like. It really does suck, especially because, like, these are kids, but, like, it, it does happen. Yeah, exactly. But uh, so, I guess the, the top name in the portal right now, it's got to be Walter Nolan from A&M. Yeah, Nolan, that's, I mean, that's going to be a huge get for whoever ends up getting him. Number one, here's what, number one or number two prospect overall. Um, he was He was right behind Travis Hunter. So if that tells yeah. you anything about what he was coming out of high school. So he's all right. Yeah, so 
I don't know about the culture shift at AM, but the word on the street is um, Elko was having a uh, meeting with every player. Walter Nolan showed up 15, 20 minutes late for him, and no, or Elko had the door shut and he wouldn't even let him in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm curious to see where he ends. But, I mean, that's really all there is to say about AM. It seems like um, Kentucky has landed a few big transfers. I guess one of those is AM with. Uh, Wide receiver Raymond Cottrell. Yeah, Vandergrift getting there, there is going to be a pretty big pickup like. for them. So and I do like that a lot for them. Georgia um, backup Brock I mean, Kentucky Vanders. is not that school that's going to get a big name guy. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Vandergrift's pretty, was he a pretty five big. Was I mean, he like a high four. When he was, um, he was a yeah. top five quarterback in his class. He, it, it like varied. But the only guys ahead of him on uh, in his class, I believe, were Drake May, Caleb Williams, and Quinn Ewers. Yeah, which I mean, that's yeah, it's hard not to, to you know, on, so you gotta fucking <laughs> say dude he, he just really hasn't had class. a shot, not, just not able to see the field because your other guys are too good. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, between the two of them, that I mean, that's a pretty good wide receiver quarterback combo coming in. Definite upgrade. Uh, the over, other uh, Kentucky school, Tyler Shuck, right, has can, committed to play at Louisville. Man, I, I believe so. Yeah. Uh, just injuries. I mean, uh, whenever he transferred so, to Texas Tech from Oregon, he was. Yeah, I don't I mean, think they were talking about him being a lottery anymore, pick. But when you when you look at what Louisville draft, had to go through with their quarterback production this year, hasn't really panned out. I think you're excited about a guy who's coming from Texas Tech and was able to at least put up some numbers. Yeah. That one is a little um, surprising, I would say. Will Rogers, Mississippi State quarterback, has been crystal balled to Washington. Yeah, he's I mean, he's a Mississippi yeah. guy. And I mean I like that. I like it for Washington. I thought for he sure. was gonna go in the SEC. He only needs a thousand yards to break Aaron Murray's record. And yeah, he's um yeah. he's a smart he'll fit into that system well and uh he's got a cannon for an arm yeah Obviously he really saw it in the egg bowl he's just take, hurt right now but if, if he can get healthy they can take guys who have had he's kind of got turn them into Penix level arm very high producing quarterbacks it's the bowler yeah exactly gabriel uh, then, um, two big names so tom mccord and I like that one dylan gabriel both in the portal really good pickup mccord has he been crystal balled anywhere or is he taking visits yeah. yet yeah. He has not been crystal ball. I think he's going to go wherever he gets a chance to play. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of a lot mm-hmm. of schools in your quarterback. I mean, there's I Miami's out there. Duke's yeah. out there. Maryland. I, I don't, I've I don't heard a lot like of Maryland. Maryland. Um, Maryland's going to need a quarterback. So. Yeah. No, not at all. And I mean, like. Right, he's, not good enough. He's been totally fine this year. Totally fine. Just not. Ohio State standards. That would have been interesting. I, yeah, I really thought Gabriel was just going to follow uh, Jeff Levy to Mississippi State. Yeah, that's an upgrade, though. <laughs> oh, for sure, but he followed him from uh, UCF up to Oklahoma. Tell you that, but... that, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, but uh, some other some other big names hitting the portal. Yeah, Rocket, uh, I think he's taking a visit to South not Carolina. Not quarterback related. Um, Arkansas nice running back, Rocket Sanders. They could get O'Lyman to block for him. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, which it sounds like they might be getting some of the uh, the A&M guys to be able to block. Yep. So, 
Yep, Chris like Mitchell Carolina State been no, to Notre Dame um, uh, without a starting quarterback guy, in place, which, I mean, if, if anybody's been following receiver. news with any kind of closeness, Riley Leonard has been heavily, heavily favorited to Notre Dame. Bateman is allegedly going to happen today. Um, there are rumors, granted none of this is confirmed, that he might be trying to schedule visits to Ohio State and Auburn who have been pushing for him. So if that happens, then I think he kind of hit the panic button or the pivot button, but as of right now, none of that's confirmed. Um, so I'm going to hold off on the doom on the doom and gloom for that one. Yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. Um, Vanderbilt wide receiver, London Humphreys, who has been really good, and also uh, their other wide receiver, Will Shepard's in the portal, but it sounds like Humphreys is yeah. going to Georgia. He's um, – Pretty much a McClunky, yeah, don't, don't McClunky that for them. clone. So it makes a lot of sense for him. Uh, yeah, um, UTSA edge rusher Trey Moore. He was the American uh, Defensive Player of the Year in their conference I mean, this year. He had 14 that's, sacks. That's a win-win for both of those Sounds teams. like I mean, he would be heading to Texas. Like that and, uh, sounds like it. Uh, he, he would definitely do for an upgraded up premier program. So don't. I love that one for him, honestly. Yeah, the uh, the top cornerback in the transfer portal at the moment, Toriano McBride from from Clemson, will be heading to Mizzou. That would be so fun if Mizzou and – like Mizzou, Tennessee, and if Florida ever got their shit together, like being able to at least like compete with Georgia would make that such – it would make it a lot easier for us to not doubt Georgia at the first sign of trouble. Because, I mean, this year they had just had a cake schedule. Yeah. It's been awesome. Yeah. They, uh, yeah, Mizzou's NIL has been killing it, like, to say the least. But, uh, the last one, another big name, obviously he was, uh, top in his, uh, class, uh, Julian Fleming, yeah. the number one overall big, wide receiver he got in the class of 2020, he did get is leaving uh, Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, but it, it's one of those things. I, I, I feel, feel really, really weird about it because Ohio State's always next man up, and he would have finally been next man up. Like, I blame them for big dicks about taking him. I, Brian Hartline. I, I don't blame you, them for feeling feel like really good about Ohio Brian Hartline a medicine needs to be stopped. By any means necessary, somebody hire him as offensive coordinator yeah. and get him away from Columbus. <laughs> Florida. Oh yeah, I um, I left this one off the list. Uh, yeah, Trevor right Etienne. I think like from half of Napier's first class portal is in the as well. portal right now, or has committed elsewhere. That's tough. Yeah, it's it's like Bad it's, luck. it's half right now. They're all in the class or in the uh, portal or already playing somewhere else. Oh yeah. But, uh, I mean, that's that's most of the guys. I mean, there's a ton out there. Like we said, there's over 1,200. These are just some big names to keep an eye on. A lot of these uh, quarterbacks we were talking about, like, you know, Will Howard and DJ Uyungle. Yeah, Charles has been crystal ball home, but right? like, He seems like it'll happen. Pretty, pretty it's just a matter of time. And we'll keep you updated as it comes. He's looking up for Sparty. Yeah, I, I was going to leave that on a uh, high note. Aiden Childs has been crystal ball to Michigan State. Yeah, um, just hired – Defensive backs coach, blue. Uh, yep. Uh, I mean, like the staff's coming together. Still need a defense coordinator, um, but they're 
they're getting offers out to a lot of like the in-state guys that didn't have that's, offers before. I mean, you kind of uh, need that. You can't. It really seems like through the portal. I mean, okay, talent development. Using the portal dogs that nice. built is is the way to go. I think we've seen that with, I mean, somewhat Michigan State this year, but also Colorado. Like you couldn't just you can't just portal a shitload of guys and be like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna wreck shit. Yep, but Aiden Childs, number two, according to 24-7, number two overall ranked player in the transfer portal, just ahead of Dante Moore and Cam Moore. So, it just defaults to their like recruiting ranking for the most part. Especially these guys like Dante Moore and Childs that really haven't played that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like uh, yeah back, it's, a, it's a little bit different, but not too much. They have but when you Dante have Moore as a four-star, like, and he was definitely a five-star. Like if you were just going off of production, would you count him as a four-star? Like, yeah, that's the thing. So, like, the, you, you have some polling inertia. Not polling inertia, but, like, ranking inertia uh, from his no. high school recruiting ranking there when you don't get when you don't get as much info. But, no, portal, portal season's wild, man. I love it. Can you imagine people not liking this stuff? It's great. <laughs> awesome i i know it's crazy absolutely nuts but um the last one i we talked about carolina antoine wells will be leaving yeah, there he, um, i mean these receivers play too much like, this year, but the last couple years he had a thousand receiver. yard seasons so like i know home. i was gonna say i know notre dame was looking for at least two probably three guys they got one like chris mitchell i think they're yeah. in with bo collins and uh, josh kelly so we'll see what happens there Yeah. Um, oh, one last one. It sounds yeah. like a lot of teams are trying to poach um, Quinshawn Judkins from Ole Miss. This is just straight straight no, rumor mill. But uh, it sounds whatever. like Ole Miss is just trying it's to get package together to get in there. I mean, that's that's one they cannot lose. Oh, yeah, they did get Walker last year. Uh, I think Jackson Dart will be back. And if Jackson Dart somehow leaves, it'll be uh, probably Walker Howard. Man, that's it's going to be a big question. Yeah, I think the biggest question is who's going to start. For I don't know who I would. Just I don't know who would pick. I mean, Gillis and Nussmeier probably have the keys, right? Yeah, bowl game. You're going to see some interesting stuff on the roster. Yeah, I mean, Hell, uh, we'll see if he starts. Is actually going to be able to start practicing with the team here on like the 12th um, for Notre Dame. There's like the weird rules about the early enrollees and stuff like that. He's not gonna. Be, he's not eligible to play, but he's. Uh, yeah. Yeah. These these practices are incredibly valuable. That's why going bowling is so valuable for some of these like lower end teams. Do you get these extra practice sessions? Uh, makes it tough when you don't make it. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on, one, one second. What's up? No, I mean, it feels really um, good out today, actually. Speaking of, I mean, bowl season starts so, on. Is everything yeah. going in there? It's going okay. You guys need anything from us? Perfect. Just shut us down and put two points. Nah, you guys are good. We're out back here, so you are yeah. all good. Well, Rob had to shut me down. I don't Did have a problem with it. Yeah. I don't know that I need shutdowns. So don't feel bad. Shut me down. No, we'll let you know for sure. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, um, you good? But speaking of bowl season, I mean, obviously that starts next Saturday, and we know a lot of you will be in a. Yes, uh, we should confidence pool i guess maybe we should uh this upcoming maybe week we'll put our own put out a little out who knows preview of everything going we'll, on let we'll you know who's play. playing who's not playing to help you uh make your decisions 
<laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. I'll see. I might uh might have another gift card lying around. Um, yeah, well, I mean, some of these bowls. I, I really think I do. Sponsors here recently. We'll just have to see what it is. Sometimes, especially some of like the the classic bowls that have just got kind of changed. Yeah, I think um I actually think I like cotton may help me uh, do a deep dive on who these sponsors are because I don't know anything about avocados from Mexico. Yeah, it is, but there's there's a couple of them out there as well that just maybe I I don't know. That's I think that's what we're gonna get into uh, next week. I mean, just, college football is all about yeah, money. And business probably won't be anything football related. Well have a business aspect. We'll, we'll dive into what these sponsors actually fucking do. Uh, yeah, it's right. it's important. I, I yeah, for I gotta sure. dive into that and but we'll definitely get that to you here soon to be a sponsor um, and stuff like that as well. starting I'm just not sure. obviously as more portal news comes we'll try to keep everybody apprised of that as well you got anything else for this one or i think we're pretty good to yeah i mean it's gonna have to i don't I'll, think so I'm, I'm, I'm hoping a lot more of the portal uh, starts clearing like itself up weeks, in the next you know four to five days so yeah we're it's gonna have to it'll sort itself out eventually at least until at least until april and then we'll yeah. be right back at it all right. Well, hey, you guys all have a good weekend. Thank you for listening. Uh, stay safe. Enjoy yeah, Enjoy man. the Army-Navy game. Sounds good. Uh, for me, it's go Navy beat Army. But uh, while you were watching the Army-Navy game, please, for the love of God, don't tweet recruits. Five stars on the pod. We'll interview anybody and everybody. Um, be yeah, sure to like, rate, recruits. share, review, subscribe. Five stars on the pod. Stuff. Tell your friends. Follow us on Twitter at TNT CFD Pod. And we will see you next week. All right. Thanks, guys.